visiting with our Shab of the Week, Jax Crockett. Jax, most productive defensive player of the week with your two interceptions, two tackles, your quarterback harass a week ago against Hayes. But I want to take you back to the week before you started preparing for Hayes. That was a really unique moment in Westlake football history, and I'm sure high school football history, talking to Coach Dodge in a pregame. He said he'd never been through anything like that in 35 years of coaching where we played a game on Friday and didn't see the kids again until a week from that Monday. What was it like for you? Just give us a player's perspective of having an abrupt bye week and then having to get right back into it and restarting Westlake football a week later. I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird, you know, because usually on our bye week, we still be practicing and everything. But uh, the coach trusted us to get our work done and uh, stay ahead in school. It was a good week to get on top of schoolwork because we really didn't have anything else to do besides do that and work out. One of the things that uh, Coach Dodge always talks about and even Coach Salazar, you know, some of these guys are pretty much 90% of them are remote learning. And the only time they really get out of the house or get to do anything is to come to football practice. Do you find yourself looking forward to practice because it is that that outlet for the ability to actually go somewhere and, and get some work in? and see your buddies definitely without being at school you know i don't get to see as many people as i usually would during the day so football practice is where i'm with all my guys it's funny because coach Dodds talks about some of the practices he's always walking up and down the sidelines and he hears things and in any other year all he hears is girls or dances parties schoolwork you know all kinds of different things that come up during conversation during practice this year it's all ball uh, do you guys take credit for being able to stay in the moment like this during a pandemic we've all really realized how uh, precious this game is to everyone and how easily it can be taken away. Our minds are just really locked in during practice, and uh, I think it's good for everyone. You've been a jack of all trades. You started as a running back. You moved to wide receiver. You've done it all for Westlake, really, in your three years on varsity. This is that opportunity where you've been an everyday starter at corner. Take us through the transition of becoming a defensive player from the offensive side of the ball. Since last year after the Austin High game, it was Henry Smoger. He was going to be out, and uh, the coaches needed to build some depth in the DB, so they brought me over and got me working at a corner a little bit. I've been here ever since then. How did it feel to go up against your guys that you had been doing routes on air with, seven-on-seven, one-on-ones, all, all those guys that you had built up a rapport with in the ride receiving core, and now all of a sudden you got to D them up. Did they view you as the enemy? It's, it's weird because, you know, I still got love from my boys on offense, but during practice, it's really, you know, we're on the same team, but it really is offense versus defense all practice. You know, you mentioned practice, and we've talked about this with Coach Dodge and Coach Salazar, is the competitive fire that burns in practice is a theme this year. So many of us think that, oh, the practices are just, they go through the motions, they, they kind of prepare, but the real fire comes out on Friday night. I'd argue that the real fire happens in practice because you've got a state-ranked defense and a state-ranked offense going at each other. Does that help, do you think, make the games a little bit easier, take the edge off of practice when you're so competitive during the week? I mean, yeah, it, it definitely helps when you got D1 athletes on the other side of the ball that you're guarding. D1 athletes that are guarding you if you're on offense. Sometimes it prepares us even better than there aren't a lot of Jane Gray houses out there that you got to guard. My next question is, I know how Mookie feels about this, but uh, Taft told us a couple weeks ago that if there's one guy that, that he kind of looks forward to, or at least is on his radar, it's Jaden during practice. And one moment during practice, he kind of looked at Jaden and said, hey, how are we friends? Like, how are we best buddies when we go at it this hard <laughs> competing-wise? Do you have a guy on the other side of the ball that you kind of go, "Who's he, what's he going to do today? What's going to happen today? How am I going to approach this? Who's, who's your guy on the other side of the ball? I mean, recently it's been... Uh... 
want Nobby because during one-on-ones, Michael will go against Jaden, and I'll be guarding Nicholas. But, I mean, it's really all the dudes. But uh, I think I've been guarding Nicholas more than I've been guarding anyone else. We had Luke on last week in our Shop of the Week interview, and he talks about just how fierce the competition is in practice and how that's made him better. But he's talked about something that I think is really held true, and it's really a legacy of physical play from the wide receivers. As a wide receiver and now as a defensive back, you seem to have a unique understanding of exactly what that physical play on the offensive side of the ball actually means. What is it like in the wide receiver room? What does it mean to you to, to know that those guys are truly laying it out there from the wide receiver position? That's one of the biggest factors of the game if you're a DB. If you're getting blocked by the wide receiver game in, game out, I mean, it, it just opens up big plays for the offense on you know outside zone runs and all that stuff. So uh, Coach Rogers does a great job with getting those guys motivated to be the most physical wide receiver core in the state, and I think they do a really good job of doing that. And it seems to be like a badge of honor, almost a rite of passage. You blow a guy up, and I think Luke said last week, you know, one of the coolest plays I've ever been involved in, despite all the touchdown grabs I've gotten this year from Cade, I actually celebrate more when I pancake block a dude downfield, you know, blow somebody up. Do you Mm -hmm. get hyped on the sidelines? I know that you guys are meeting in your separate areas, but when you get a chance to see the offense perform, does it kind of take you back? You have a special insight because you know what it's like doing that dirty work down the field. I had a couple of pancake blocks last year, and whenever I see one from a skill position player on offense, I mean, it's it really is awesome. Sometimes it feels better than a touchdown. It's that imposing of the will. How do you transfer that to the defensive side of the ball from the wide receiving court to your position now at corner? Yeah, I mean, it gives you pers- good perspective on, you know, what you got to bring when we're doing a perimeter drill in practice. But I think, you know, switching from wide receiver to DB, like it even made that mentality like twice as much, to be honest, another level of physicality on defense. As a Westlake legacy, we talk about the legacy of, say, Jackson Coker and, and the really the Jackson Coker school of blocking and all of the things that kind of wrap up into this culture that we're talking about. Physical play from the wide receivers, physical play from the defensive backs, physical play up front, this culture of physical play. There are things that you can do to prepare. There's athletic ability that you have or don't have, but attitude and the physical nature you bring is something that is completely internal. How how do you get ready to play a game? What's Jax Crockett's you know, mode that he has to get in before he takes the field? Before uh, we got to pull our, our phones up, I get my last minutes of film, you know, just get my mind right and just imagine myself, you know, blowing up a play or knocking some dude out and you know, getting a pick. It's, I mean, it's not really much of a, nothing like too superstitious like some other dudes, but, you know, I just kind of hang out with my guys and get locked in. What's the craziest superstition you've seen as a Westlake football player? What's one of the things that really just jumped out at you and go, man, I can't believe he has to do this every single game. <laughs> I mean, I, I know where they come from because uh, this dude's throwing up in the locker room before we head on the field. It's an interesting superstition. <laughs> just to, to exercise the butterflies, if you will. Just yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we see that in movies. I remember, you know, Remember the Titans. It's a pretty famous scene where Denzel Washington's character is just, and, uh, and just kind of flushing everything out. It makes sense. I don't get it either, but uh, it, it makes sense for some folks. But when we talk about legacy, 
we had a moment this weekend where you're sitting there watching the NFL. Or one side of the huddle, you've got Drew Brees. The other huddle, you've got Nick Foles. And then on the sidelines, as a defensive line coach, you've got Jay Rogers. That's three quarterbacks from Westlake in, a, in the last 25 years that are playing in the NFL. And I always like to ask the active players, because there is some separation. What kind of pride do you get out of that? Seeing Sam Ellinger, you know, on the on the field for Texas, winning a game, a big one in Oklahoma State. Then you, you turn on the TV on Sunday, and there's the Westlake brand again. What does it mean to you to see that level of excellence from a football perspective as a player right now? I think that stuff's awesome. There's not a lot of uh, high schools that have – there's really no high schools that have two active starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Texas being my favorite team growing up, seeing a Sam old quarterback from Westlake going there. I mean, it's it's really cool just knowing, you know, the same coaches and the same teachers that are teaching you, you know, coached and uh, taught some of these players. I think it's also unique when you have your moments on a Friday night, you know, whether it's a Chaparral Stadium or whether it's on the road or whether it's in a playoff game, you have a moment, I would argue, your best game statistically when it comes to what you were able to do last week, two interceptions. And one of them, a tip drill where you dove and, and caught the ball. Take us through both interceptions and what you're thinking before the snap and then what you're thinking after the reaction when you go get a pick. First one, it was just kind of, it was after a big play. And I think everyone on the defense is like, all right, you know, we got to make a play, keep them out of the end zone and keep them off the scoreboard. I think it was Christian Fournier. He did a great job at flushing that quarterback out and he was rolling out right pretty much just threw the ball straight to me. The second one, I, I thought he was about to try to chunk that ball deep to either my guy or the number two receiver. And then uh, Hayden Bray made a great play on that, put it right in the breadbasket for me. I think the cool thing about the first play, because it was timely and you guys were trying to keep guys you know, off the scoreboard, it came after an explosive play. In fact, it was the biggest play from scrimmage at that point that the defense had given up. I think it was a 68-yard play. Mm -hmm. And, and it got you down inside the red zone. And that's a place that we had not seen Westlake opponents this year really in the red zone. That didn't happen off of, you know, a fumble recovery or whatever. But at the end of the day, it really shows you, you have to have a, a forgetful memory as a right. defensive player. Take us through what that means to you is, you know, yes, we gave up a big play, but we have to come back. We can't just sit on that one. We have to come back and make the next one. You know, any athlete, everyone's going to make bad plays. Every team is going to make mistakes, but you know, it's, at that point, you got to fix your mistakes and forget about them. Do your best on the next play. Credit to Lucas and Michael. I think those are the dudes that uh, that tackled that guy. They hauled down there, make sure that guy couldn't get into the end zone. With all of the attention paid to offense in today's game, we look at it from the high school level, college level, even the NFL, what's lost is just how dominant a defense can be, can make the offense look so much better because of opportunities. And we talk about that each week with several different players, several different coaches. So it's nice to score over 50 points per game, but we don't get there without the opportunity to score those points. And, and that really comes from the defensive effort. I'm starting to view Westlake in a different mindset than I think history would because I now view it as a defense first school. And that's with Todd Dodge at the helm. It seems to me that Tony Salazar has really developed a culture on the defensive side of the ball that says we're here to get the ball back to our offense. We're not here to just be a good defense. There's a plan for how we play defense and it benefits the entire team. Do you feel that mantra as, as a player? Do you find that that is definitely what your job is? Coach Salazar gives uh, each player a role. And uh, he trusts us with it. And, you know, they do a great job on really coaching us up and putting us in the right positions to make plays. And uh, it really is a culture like, I mean, we were upset that Hayes put up six. 
you know, we wanted to keep that streak of goose eggs rolling, but unfortunately that couldn't happen. I will say that giving up points is is a badge of honor. Three straight shutouts is indeed a badge of honor because it is so difficult to do, especially in, in this game. When it comes to some of the guys that get a chance to play at the end of games and these victories, and some of the guys that have an opportunity to get in there and play and play a lot and they do well, what's it like for you as a starter? Because you were one of those guys once, a, a high-end special teams player, a guy that got to get in every now and then, you know, whether it was at receiver or running back, you know, you had to pick your opportunities. What's it like for you to see those guys get an opportunity and succeed when they get the when they get the chance to do so on Friday night. There's not many things better than seeing one of your lifelong friends say he, you know, is a two or three on the team. Seeing one of your lifelong friends you grew up with, you know, make a play third or fourth quarter. Those are awesome moments that, you know, I don't think any of us will ever forget. So who gets more love? Is it is it Ressi that gets more love? Because I think Luke, something happens when Luke Respass goes in the ball game. I think everybody just kind of goes nuts. For for whatever reason, that guy is uh, that guy's a lightning rod when he gets into the game. What's it like for you to see that kind of energy from the sideline when he goes in? He can run. He's really good. I think he's really good. Everyone that's watching the game just kind of wait and see what, uh, what, what kind of play he can pull off. Final thought as we visit with our Shab of the Week, Jax Crockett. Two interceptions the other night. Obviously, this is not a season like any other, but as a senior, what's the goal you go in with privately? I know what the team goals are, and now that you have the hardware, the state championship from a year ago, I feel like there's more hunger from this class because you've been through so much. What's it like for you on a personal level? What's your goal as you step on the field on Friday nights? Do my job every week. No missed assignments plus exceptional plays. You know, Coach Costazar says, you know, there's a difference between being a player that's filling in your spot and doing what, doing your job. There's a difference between that, you know, going out of your way to make a really good play. And that's what I try to I try to be that player. He's Jack Crockett, our Shap of the Week. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you.